Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. What's up, everybody? Hey, listen, I want to take you through 21 questions that we ask when we consult. So if you kind of take these questions, you can almost do your own consulting, right? Or, or dig deeper into your contact center. You know, I think this kind of gets to the heart of culture, of technology, of of how you operate. And, you know, I go through this with my contact center every single year, right? We, we ask these 21 questions. You know, our staff give, gives kind of the answers or, or we want to see if we want to evolve something or change something, right? So this is kind of some of the questions that we're asking is, is number one, you know, what are we tolerating, right, with we used to say on the call center floor, um, and and are we are we all kind of equal in that? Like, do do we have some consistency with with how we are, you know, handling our agents, um, how we're talking to our agents? And and I think if you don't do that and you don't kind of benchmark your supervision, you can cause a lot of issues with your agents because why well, she's nicer, he's mean. I can do that over here. I can't do that here. Why won't you let me do that? I did that all the time with, with you know, Susie's supervisor. And I think it's really, really, it, it's a slippery slope that can really have an impact on your, uh, on your culture. So making sure that you, know, you guys are talking that through, that you're all on the same page about kind of what is allowed. And, you know, even, even what is allowed in your Slack channels or your teams or your whatever you're using from an IM standpoint. Right. Sometimes there can be some inappropriate things that kind of sneak through there, making sure that everybody understands kind of what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. The legality of this as well. Right. When, when we were talking about legal things, when you're actually in the call center, you know, being careful of sexual harassment, being careful of certain things that you say, um, I think is 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 really, really, really important. You know, the other question is, have you have you defined your culture of your contact center? And I know that that sounds like kind of sometimes a, I don't know, like a pie in the sky kind of, there's really no use to that. Sorry, just I'm gonna pull this other thing up. Um, but the, the culture of your contact center is different than the culture of your organization. What are you looking for? Are you looking for customer service agents? Are you looking for sales agents? Are you looking for, you know, individual players? Are you looking for team players? Um, you know, for us, we have defined our culture uh, as we say a sunshine attitude with an entrepreneurial mindset. It boils down to attitude and effort. So we are incenting, we're hiring, and we're promoting only on the two pillars of attitude and effort. And I think if you can define what the culture is of your contact center, you can then go to HR 
and you can say, listen, these are the type of individuals that really, really work well in our environment. And you kind of get away from that, hey, well, this person just applied and they have 15 years of call center experience. Might not be a really good fit for your exact contact center. And I think a lot of mistakes, um, a lot of mistakes get made uh, when, when that happens. You know, some of the other things too, do you have a management trainee program in place? Is there, is there something that you can, you know, everybody talks about and, and I think everybody understands that if we just pull an agent who's a really good agent um, and just make them a supervisor, that that's that can be the, the, the worst possible thing that we can do, right? It can just a ton of issues because maybe they're not good leaders. Maybe they don't understand, you know, how to motivate you know, we, we just assume that if you're a good agent, you're going to be a good leader. So it's really important to have even a, even a really basic, you know, couple week, you know, meet once a week kind of thing with from a management trainee standpoint. And, you know, really try to instill some leadership qualities into that manager who's not going to take over a team for the very first time after they've been, you know, a really, really good agent for, for a really long time. I think that's that's really important. Another question that we're always asking is, is how are you investing in technology? Um, is, is there a specific budget for that? And, and what are the, some of the needs and, and kind of prioritize the needs of what you have, right? So f- for needs for your contact center, I would say, right, first is omni-channel, right? You're blocking and tackling. So email, chat, voice, SMS, all that kind of stuff, Right. The second, I think, most important piece is your QA platform, right? Having really good quality, understanding um, how reps in, uh, are, are going to be scored and, and making sure that everybody's kind of on the same page with that. You know, after you kind of have, the, I think those are the, again, I keep using blocking and tackling. Those are the really two most important pieces of this that you, you have to have if you're going to be a really good contact center. Um, and then you can get to the fun stuff, right? If you're a bigger call center, looking at workforce management, looking at speech analytics, um, looking at some some higher end integrations with your data into your contact center. I think you know those those are kind of the the wants instead of the needs. So you know, looking at that budget, seeing where the the call center is right now, and and then making those kind of little improvements or or having a plan of where we want to invest um, in the future with with some type of either cloud telephony platform or if we want to integrate speech analytics from a from another provider and, and that kind of gets me to process right so many call centers are very disjointed with their agents right from a technology standpoint so you're going from this screen to that screen to this screen to that screen um, nothing's integrated with the telephony platform and I think, you know, people talk about, well, we want to get more, you know, more technologically advanced. We want more tools. And a lot of the time it's it's less tools and more integrations of what you are doing, you know, with those tools. So, right. So moving everything to single sign on, moving everything to be integrated with your platform, you know, being able to look into your data, into your CRM and do screen pops. Right. So when a customer calls, instead of you going through all this kind of verification, um, you know, looking at the phone number, you know, popping the customer's information before they even get to the agent. Those are really kind of easy wins that you can get that do not cost a lot of money. Um, just with some really simple programming now, pre-built integrations are available for all of the off-the-shelf CRMs, right? Zoho, Zendesk, Salesforce, you name it. 
Um, they can be easily integrated really into any telephony platform. But if you have your own proprietary system, those can be done too, right? Very easily we can just, you know, with some API development, um, not that difficult, not that hard, right? Um, can, can integrate that that platform, you know, into your telephony. And I think it <laughs> makes your, your agents' lives so much easier. Another question we ask that a lot of call centers are not doing is, what are your main KPIs, right? How are you benchmarking your KPIs? You know, what are your agents? Are you are you using your reporting platform properly? Right? So when we talk about efficiency metrics, you know, we're talking things like service level, average handle time, talk time, um, occupancy. You know, those those types of, of metrics. That if you have any questions on that, I can I can get deeper into it. So we want all those benchmark. You know, how many. What is the percentage of calls that we're trying to answer within a certain period of time? That's your service level, right? So for us, for most clients, it's an 80-30. 80% of the calls answered within 30 seconds or less. And some clients can go, you know, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but that's about the average. Um, you know, white glove service is, is normally a 90-10. So 90% of the calls answered within 10 seconds or less. So how are you benchmarking that? How, how are you defining um, really what those metrics are? Handle time should be benchmarked as well. I talked about this in, in the last live, right? Understanding where agents are um, and who, if, if anybody has longer handle time and, and shorter handle time, and if they're outside of those norms, you know that there's something going on with that agent. Um, and I think it's, it's important um, that we kind of look uh, to see what is happening with that agent. If they have really long calls, you know, maybe they're not controlling the call. Maybe they have the customer on hold asking questions maybe they're just not as knowledgeable in short can be just as scary as long right because we may have people you know ditching calls or just not going through all the things that they need to do so i think you know those are really really important um you know aspects of it so that's that's benchmarking your efficiency and then we want to benchmark your quality as well right so you know what is you know a fail for a, a scoring on your on your qa um what is a pass? What is a excellent, right? It's normally 90s, 90 and above is great. You know, 80 and above a lot of times is is kind of a, a fail. And then if they do something like they're not verifying or there's a disclosure not read, those are auto fails, right? So having that and having your agents understand, you know, what those scores mean um, is, is I think a really, really, really important, uh, you know, thing to do. So if you, if you then have to benchmark your efficiency KPIs, Benchmark your quality KPIs. Um, a lot of call centers are not, they're not doing that. Getting into kind of, I guess, the more cultural aspect, you know, one of the things that I just did a video on this today that we, we don't think about is how does your middle management talk to each other, right? We always talk about how middle management talks to agents um, and what is appropriate, what is not, how do we coach, those kind of things. But just as important is, is how they're talking to their peers because the agents hear everything um, or now they read everything, depending, you know, if you're in a Slack or you're in a Teams. And, you know, if clicks start to develop between your management, if your one manager starts to pick on the other one, if other one says, hey, they stink, they're terrible, right? That can build a huge rift, right, in your contact center because the agents will start to feed on that. Um, and then maybe even start to believe it, even if it's not true. So if they get moved to another supervisor, there's an automatic disrespect that starts to take in. So I think that's really important too. And, and nobody really speaks about, you know, kind of that aspect, um, that aspect. The other thing is we, we spend a lot of time on onboarding and, 
what is really important, you know, from that first time that an agent comes to your organization and what do you do with them, right? Are there icebreakers? Are they, are you showing them around? Are you, or are you just trying to get them onto the phone as fast as you humanly can? And when you do that, you're going to have really, really high attrition. So what we like to do is we like to do a week of Expedia training, culture, policies, procedures, get them to meet everybody, play games, icebreakers, get them as a really, really solid group. And then once we kind of feel like, okay, these are, these are our people, right? We're checking for culture. Do we have any mishires at this time, right? Do we have any attitude issues? Like we're not going to deal with it at all. Right. So if we think we have a good group and most of the time our HR, because we have our culture really well defined, understands the type of individuals we want, then they will go on to program training. And for us, with a client, because we're an outsourcer, um, a lot of times it can be four to six weeks. So we cannot afford to make mistakes when it comes to the to to our training. So the client will pay for that initial training. But if we lose an agent in training, if we lose an agent in the first couple of weeks on the phone, then we we have to foot the bill. That's one of the the pluses for the client and the minuses for an outsourcer is that we pay for all attrition um, training. So that's you know I guess again one of the huge benefits that a client doesn't have to pay for when they're looking to outsource, and it's another reason that outsourcers are really trying to find the best people, right? Because the, our biggest expense is our people. And within that people structure, training as the biggest piece of the pie. So we, we want to make sure that, you know, we don't have 20% of our staff that we're constantly churning um, to have to pay for training because that causes some uh, some huge issues with our uh, with our, our revenue. Uh, let me just pull this up, see what ones I'm missing here. Any questions that anybody has so far as I kind of go down my list here? I mean, I just see one kind of mean comment that call centers are just apology machines these days. Customer service is dead in the United States, which I don't really even know what that means. Um, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. All right. Let me pull this up. Okay, <clears throat> you know, some of the other, you know, questions, we look at each call center's policies and their procedures. So what do you allow, again, getting back to kind of that first question, what do you allow, what do you not allow? Um, what are your policies on late? What are your policies on a, on an agent that, that just consistently is coming back late from lunch or late from break? Right? Do you have things that are defined? You know, one of the biggest mistakes that I see contact, contact centers make is making things very subjective, right? When they need to have everything down written so that there's, there's no questions on what's going to happen, right? So this needs to be trained as well with the associates. So if you, if you say, Hey, listen, if you're late by more than 10 minutes, you know, three times in a week, um, we're going to have to, uh, you know, suspend you or whatever that is, right? Um, that stuff needs to be extremely well-defined. Uh, you you don't want to be having a, a supervisor or an HR manager, you know, kind of playing favorites and, oh, okay, you're okay, but you, you get a three-day suspension or 
You know, those are, again, they're culture killers. So doing all a lot of this work, you know, up front, I think it can really, 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 really kind of help and save the culture of your contact center. So, again, that's just a couple of the, the questions that we ask. Um, I, I think, you know, if you, if you take the time to, to really think about some of these things, you're not doing all of them. I mean, I'm not, we're, we're always struggling to, to get better at each of these, you know, type of cultural questions, technology questions, training questions, policies, procedures. They're constantly evolving. Um, and you have to really stay on top of it and, and have people that are really thinking this through. So even if you take, like, again, I love this kind of these last two weeks of the year when you can kind of take the time a little bit, things are a little bit slower, well, depending on who you are, right? If you're a retailer, it could be, you know, totally crazy. But for the most part, to, to kind of think things through a little bit and, and see if that can, you know, what you can do to, to kind of help your center. So I hope that that helped you guys a, a little bit.